Welcome to this special recruiting bonus edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined once again by Locked On's recruiting insider, John Garcia Jr. John, I know we're getting near the end of spring, but I'm assuming that you've got a lot going on regarding recruits committing all over the place, and obviously a couple more big-time spring games going on this weekend. Yeah, every weekend is is kind of its own experience, but it's been fun. Uh, obviously, we're college football junkies, so getting any sort of preview into the fall is exciting. And of course, in recruiting, it means uh, visits and commitments. So always a lot to catch up on and, and spin forward to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you mentioned all those commitments after spring visits and uh there's no team potentially in the country right now that has seen that effect to such a great degree like South Carolina has. And we'll sort of start off with that. The Gamecocks, of course, had a big day on Wednesday afternoon as they landed commitments from Mike Williams and Braden Lee from Charles Herbert Flowers School up in Maryland. And they also landed in-state safety Kelvin Hunter. But, John, I want to get your thoughts more so on the Williams and Lee front because, obviously, both of these guys hail from the DMV region. And there's obviously another big-time target that also hails from that same area in Dylan Stewart. Brayden Lee made it evident on Twitter after he committed he is planning to push hard and go after Dylan Stewart and try to bring him on into South Carolina's recruiting class. So, John, does this move the needle at all here in Dylan Stewart's recruitment? Or do you think that it's just one of those cases where, you know, he'll hear them out, but obviously he'll make his own decision at the end of the day based on all his visits? Look, there's... There's something to be said for the non-expected areas of of recruiting pressure. So uh, the fans are the most common that these recruits talk about. Uh, When South Carolina or Tennessee or or certain programs, Nebraska, when they offer and or covet recruits, they feel that impact to a degree. And I do think it has an effect on uh, how the, the prospect views the school. But it hits on a higher degree when it comes from your peers, especially if they're peers that you you expect to consider on both sides of the coin, both as just elite recruits in general, because if you're an SEC recruit, you're an elite recruit in my book. Uh, and then obviously those with similar backgrounds, upbringings, geographical ties, whatever they may be, clearly there is a relationship with a lot of the top recruits in that DMV area, the D.C. area. And we, we joke about it every time we're together. It's like, I don't know what's in the water, but uh, there's some <laughs> South Carolina buzz there consistently dating back to last cycle and, and the assault into that area that South Carolina was able to pull. And now we're seeing it duplicated already uh, early on in this class of 24. So I do think those guys, you know, combining to push a little bit more for Stewart is important because we know South Carolina has a lot of advantages in this recruitment. Uh, and now if you throw that into it, it profiles to a higher degree relative to Ohio State and Georgia and some of the other schools that that already uh, are considered contenders and primary contenders for Stewart's uh, recruitment. So I do think all of that uh, does have a carryover effect. And these guys have now visited together. I think that creates its own dynamic. Hey, you know, when we were here together, we did this. We could really envision ourselves. It just creates another layer of comfort for Dylan Stewart relative to some of his basically every option that's not Maryland and the school closest to home all the other options are fighting to create some sense of familiarity and comfort and obviously South Carolina has done its job from a prioritization and visit standpoint 
So now the back end of it is coming from the peers of, of Stewart from all angles. And I think that only helps to reinforce that angle of comfort and familiarity that South Carolina is presenting better than anyone, including Maryland, in this Stewart recruitment. Yeah, and I think it certainly helps South Carolina's case that they now have more guys that are officially committed on the defensive side of the ball. Because I believe going into last Saturday, the only defensive commit was linebacker Wendell Gregory. And obviously, Gregory's located all the way down in the state of Georgia. So, in terms of distance, not able to make maybe as much of an impact on that front like a Braden Lee or Mike Williams can from the state of Maryland. And... John, of course, I mentioned Mike Williams, and it's widely viewed that he is sort of the last piece in South Carolina's offensive line class for the 2024 cycle. And the Gamecocks now are in a very unique position here because they are seemingly good at offensive line and quarterback with Dante Mayer, of course, having been committed since last June. And so now, John, it seems like that they're going to be able to put a lot more of their attention with those position groups towards future prospects. Do you think that this gives South Carolina a bit of an advantage with what they've shown that they can do on the trail to this point in Shane Beamer's tenure? Uh, 100%. How could it not, right? Because now this is a staff already known for activity and effort and consistency and ultra communication with its top targets and multiple classes on the front end. But if you are able to turn the page from a positional standpoint like we think USC is about to do, of course it's an advantage. I think for most programs it would be just sort of, hey, we're just reallocating those resources to other class of 24 guys. But I do think Carolina is built top to bottom with recruiting in mind. So I do think that's going to allow these positional coaches and coordinators to push over to, to re, re-energize that class of 2025. And this is the pattern we're seeing, right? Because we talked about it with Harbor last cycle, with Stewart this cycle at the very top. This group is becoming known for early evals, early prioritization. So now you're physically putting more resources into a strength that is already very present uh, up and down uh, the East Coast and the, and the entire SEC footprint. So I do think this helps you spur it forward into the next class. And, and you've got, you know, the number one guy uh, back on campus recently and right up the road in, in Charlotte with David Sanders. So uh, even just reallocating extra resources for him in particular is a big deal. But it's a bigger deal if you continue to spread that throughout the, the early identified top guys in, in that 25 class, which I would fully expect Carolina to do. Right, and the group of targets so far, the names that have been listed are big ones. Obviously, you mentioned David Sanders. They're also, from what I have seen, pushing for Josh Petty, who just had a really good camp a couple weekends ago. Juan Gaston Jr. is another guy to watch, and Chauncey Gooden, I believe, out of Limpscomb up in Tennessee. So certainly no shortage of offensive line talent that the Gamecocks will be pursuing in the 2025 class. John and I are going to continue our conversation going back to the 2024 class in just a moment, but... Before we do so, I do want to let y'all know that today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Now, something really exciting is coming to Built tomorrow on April the 22nd. And I do not have all the details in front of me, but I can promise y'all you're not going to want to miss this because a new flavor is coming out. And if you have bought Built Bars already, then besides the 17 grams of protein, the 130 calories, and the low sugar content, you know they got a variety of flavors. These guys have bars like churro, mint chocolate, banana cream pie, coconut, cookie dough. They've got everything you could possibly imagine. So if you love Built or you're intrigued to see what their new bar is, then 
Go to their website on April 22nd to be one of the first to discover what the hype is all about. I can't wait to see what the new flavor is myself. Make sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON15 and you'll get 15% off of your order. Welcome back to this special recruiting edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. Lockdown's NFL Mock Draft special is here and it's bigger than ever. Follow along all 32 teams' first pick in a six-episode Ultimate Mock Draft experience only Lockdown can deliver. All episodes are available on Lockdown NFL Draft on YouTube and wherever you listen to your audio podcast daily. John, let's go back to the DMV region here for just a second because... There was an interesting tweet posted by a prospect by the name of Jalen Harvey after the slew of commits the Gamecocks got this past week. And obviously, again, you know, sometimes you have to take these tweets with a grain of salt, but there's also the notion that recruiting momentum is a very real thing. And with how much success South Carolina has had up there in the state of Maryland, especially, you could see how a guy like Jalen Harvey, who hails from that area, might be more intrigued. Do you think that that's something that could formulate here? Or are there some other teams that already are really far ahead and this one might be more of a long shot? Look, it depends on Jalen. You know, he, he's got a top group out. I think it's like 10 or 11. So he's seemingly on the front end of the recruiting process. South Carolina did. Uh, make that top group and they're new to this race they they offered in january so this is not one of these early priority guys this is one that has kind of come over time so uh, they're doing their due diligence on on their end but i do think jalen is relatively early in his recruitment uh compared to other seniors there's no uh that i've found clear timeline to get this thing done sooner rather than later he's got multiple june official sets so that tells you there's at least a couple months left if not more uh in this thing and and we know south carolina can change momentum in a hurry so when a kid like that who's never been to campus as far as i know tweets out you know the gamecock emojis and kind of feels publicly where that momentum is going close to home i do think it matters um other schools have been in it longer and have hosted him and all of those things Penn State, most notably, I think they've had him on campus 10 times at this point. Um, but this is a big boy battle. So there's a sense that there could be some time between now and a final decision. Ohio State's in there. USC's in there. Notre Dame's in there. South Carolina's trying to move up. Maryland, of course, the in-state school is is uh, beating down the door to keep him home as, as everyone else goes into that area to pluck talent. Um, so, yeah, right. I think you you take it with a grain of salt, but you also zoom out and say, hey, there's probably at least two, three months left in this recruitment, possibly more. Can South Carolina grab a visit? It's it's the opposite of what we always ask with the Gamecocks, because usually it's they've already had a bunch of visits. They've built early momentum. Can they hold on? This is the opposite. So it'll be a different angle for South Carolina should it continue to prioritize and communicate with, with Jalen Harvey. So if they can get a visit, it's game on, um, because there's really a lot of schools trying to chip away at this optical lead Penn State has for for a DMV area recruit. So if he's willing to wait, I think the door is open for South Carolina. We should read more into the tweets and the momentum and buzz that the Gamecocks have in, in his home area, of course. Right. And, John, of course, you mentioned it. You know, if the Gamecocks can get a visit, again, you know, it sounded like a broken record at this point, but if there's a staff out there that has proven to be able to capitalize on prospects visiting their campus, uh, there's probably very few that have done better than South Carolina. And that leads me into sort of my final question for our special recruiting episode on today's edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. 
There was a rule change just implemented by the NCAA, I believe, earlier this week. And I believe the rule change is essentially this. For those of you who don't know, prospects up to this point for the last several years have been limited to five official visits. Can't take more than that. Now, prospects can take unlimited official visits, but you can't take more than one unless there's a coaching change. Now, schools can still only host 56 official visits a year, but John, it got me thinking. I feel like this is something that could help South Carolina because we talk about how they're so good at identifying talent early and often and sticking with these guys all the way to the end of the recruiting process. Now, with this rule change, it seems like South Carolina have an even better chance to get involved with guys like Jalen Harvey, who maybe they get in on a little bit later because now they don't have to worry about that official visit limit. Do you feel the same way regarding that? Absolutely, because it, it works both ways in recruiting, right? If you identify early and you land guys early, you got to hold on, right? You, you got to hold off. Um, and then on the other side of it, if you want to crash the party, like like Jalen Harvey might be a case study for from the Gamecock perspective, you got to grab a visit. And if that visit can now be funded by South Carolina, wined and dined with not only Jalen, but his family or coaches or whoever he brings with him, now you can really close the gap in, in relatively short order. So yeah, this this is going to be an interesting play on the recruiting calendar. I think kids are going to be more inclined going forward. Maybe it'll show up more in the 25 class and beyond, but I think kids are going to slow down a little bit because now you can take so many trips. And the best official visits, by all indication, in, in doing this over a decade are during the season because you want to get that, that experience of a big-time college football game. So if you're South Carolina, you want to build up to when – Georgia's in town, let's say, or Tennessee or whatever it is, and, and you want to have a huge visitor list to go with that and create that atmosphere as, as what is it, Sandstorm is going and everyone's jumping around. That's what you want to provide during that game day experience. And then on the other side of it, you can wine and dine them, you know, uh, legally uh, with as much cash as you want to push into it within reason. So <laughs> right. I, I think all of that is is really important. You get to flex SEC muscle more on official visits. So to me, it's going to slow the process down for some guys and just say, Hey, let me, let me push this thing into the season and see if I can get into some games that are high profile and, and align with the schools that are recruiting me really consistently. Um, which means it's also going to create probably more decommitments and flips uh, with, with late visits uh, as well. So it's going to be strategic, obviously from the kids perspective and the school, as you mentioned, only has a 56 uh, visit limit. So that number is the same, even though the kids can now take unlimited trips. So schools are going to have to be uh, like anything else. They're going to have to have almost a budget for how they want to approach, um, you know, taking a shot late in the game for a recruit that that maybe they weren't in on early, uh, but they might have an official visit slot left uh, that they're willing to gamble on uh, to potentially crash the party. So I think it'll be fascinating and it will help most schools, uh, but I would I would lump South Carolina into that category, especially relative to its standing in the SEC and the ability to to host big games, which is probably better lucky than good uh, kind of scenario. But that's a part of recruiting as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the other thing that this could do is it could make, um, I guess, the latter National Signing Day matter once again because, you, like you said, you will see recruitments now drag out a little bit longer because prospects will be like, well, hey, you know, I got more than five official visits now I can utilize. Why would I make my decision like eight, nine months ahead of time? You know, besides obviously still the special cases where kids just know from the beginning where it is that they 
might want to go. So certainly something that'll be interesting to watch as we get into 2025 and beyond. He is Locked On's recruiting insider, John Garcia Jr. John, I really appreciate you coming on to today's show to provide all of your insight on the latest regarding South Carolina recruiting and college football recruiting. Where can the folks find you if they want to maybe look at some other things like maybe Colorado and their big spring game coming up this weekend? Yeah, a lot of Colorado talk going down at, at Locked On Buffs. Check out Kevin Borba and the crew. But yeah, I'm throughout the Locked On Network uh, talking recruiting. It's it's a busy time of year. A lot of commitments, evaluations that we're talking about on the air. So yeah, go check it out. We've we've got a pulse on the future of the sport right here at Locked On. And uh, me personally, I'm at John Garcia underscore Jr. Although I am not verified any longer, uh, courtesy of of Elon Musk. There, it, it is in fact my profile and me uh, behind it. <laughs> Yeah, different discussion for different people to handle. But, uh, John, once again, thank you for coming on to today's show. And thank you to all of you everydayers who make Locked On Gamecocks your first watch or listen every day. We will catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. 